The Bank Next FinTech podcast is produced in association with software technology company Backbase. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Bank Next FinTech podcast. My name is Sean Weston and I'm joined today by Adam Dodds of Free Trade, which is described as a challenger stockbroker and is fresh from having achieved full FCA authorization in the second half of 2017. Welcome to the show, Adam. Yeah, thanks, Sean. Thanks for having me on. No problem. I've, I've read that Free Trade is aimed at millennials, but I guess anyone with a limited knowledge of investing on the stock market can probably make good use of your service, regardless of how old they are, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we, we certainly aren't limiting our uh, market to those born between the ni- 1980s and, uh, <laughs> and and just before the 2000s. I, the only limiting factor for you would be you got to have a, a phone. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or, so. <laughs> or, or one of those. What do they? Call, they used to call them smartphones, I guess. Uh, not a dumb phone. Yeah. So, so not one of the old Nokia. What was that number? I can't remember the old. Fifty-nine famous, seven. I don't even know. That's You probably right? had one, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, is it iPhone only for the time being? Yeah, you know that's that's the way we're going to roll out. It will be iOS to start, but we've got plans for Android to come out within. I think you're looking at maybe a two or three month delay from our initial iOS release. Okay. Right. Uh, so just... we're, yeah, we're 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 not forgetting about the Android users in the world. This almost half of our um, community is on Android, so it's, it's very high priority for us. Yeah. Okay. And is it just the UK? Uh, yeah. To start with, it is. Um, you mentioned at the start there we are authorized by the. FCA. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we haven't passported our permission quite yet, but we will do. And it will be open to the rest of the EU while we're still in it. And uh, we'll go from there. Okay. Well, we're talking about something without having really explained to our listeners what it is. So so tell me uh, what free trade is, how it works, and how you make money from it. Okay. So free trade is a brand new investment platform. And I say that because it's not just uh, an iOS app. We are actually a full stack stockbroker, a financial institution. Uh, so we built a, a brand new financial institution that uh, provides provides a service where we hold your securities, um, we hold your cash, and we allow you to buy and sell exchange traded securities, ETFs, uh, stocks. Um, on your own account, it's an execution-only service, and uh, and yeah, that that's that's the gist of it. Uh, not that dissimilar from what you might know out there in the world. Uh, maybe say Hargraves Lansdowne or mm-hmm. E-Trade or whatever brokerage account you might have already. You might have heard about. What makes us different is how we built the product. So this. This whole business, uh, all of our software, all our stack, that's been built in the last year, year and a half. So everything's in the cloud. You have um, the most modern technology sitting behind the app that allows us to do some cool stuff that you wouldn't be able to do with uh, some some of our competitors. Um, and then uh, the second piece that really makes us different is how we charge for our service. Okay. So what we're not going to do is charge crazy commissions and 
uh, custody fees and uh, all the all these charges that you would normally be dinged with that really uh, prevent a lot of people yeah. from investing directly in the stock market. Yeah, we have a, a free basic service. It's not that dissimilar from a lot of a lot of companies, uh, a lot of services that you might have. So you might have uh, Spotify on your phone. I know I do. Um, you know, Dropbox. You might have iCloud. All of these are, are free to start. And then once you get over, you know, a certain um, storage level on your iCloud, you start paying for a, ah, a, right. additional amounts. It's the same thing for okay. us. Or, uh, you know, so if you you start off with your, your basic portfolio, that's not going to cost you anything. Once you get over a certain level, you're going to pay small amounts of fees. But we think it's it's a fair amount uh, and transparent uh, how much we're going to charge for that yeah so so it's not necessarily working on the same percentage thing is it are you describing it as like a subscription based yeah that's a, that's the best way to look at it i i look at it and what we're aiming for is uh you know people to start off with our service for free and they're going to like it so much that they're going to opt into the premium services that we are going to have on offer and we're we're expecting um a premium user to be paying roughly around 10 pounds a month uh, for the service. So quite in line with what you would be paying for your Netflix subscription or your, or your Spotify. Yeah. And, and in the, to make you different, you know, Spotify is not actually improving your financial situation any, you know, <laughs> whereas you guys, hopefully fingers crossed would be. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, what we're trying to do is, I guess not. There's there is a parallel with Spotify in that <clears throat> their product is just so good, in my view, uh, that it's you don't feel bad about paying that that nine pounds every month. Um, you feel like you're getting good value for that for that price, and that's what we want to do for our users, where we're not just collecting some kind of uh, almost like a tax is what the incumbents do. You have to yeah. pay a commission to make a trade, and they're not really adding any value. They're just processing something for you we want to add value for our clients um and we don't think that the way to charge for them is to is to act like kind of like a, a utility and just making uh charging a tax to connect to something uh that shouldn't really cost anything okay are you are you also making things simpler for the first time investor someone who's been afraid of the stock market before yeah absolutely and that's a very good point that you raise sean in that is, there are there are a lot of people that, and we we've we've polled people and we, there's there's a lot of uh, market data to support this, is that there's people that want to invest in the stock market, they know it's a good idea, they know that they should be earning more from their savings than what they're going to get out of, uh, <laughs> you know, a, a savings account interest rate, they just are intimidated by. The barriers that are up there, uh, whether that's usability or cost, or just it being simply really complicated um, at, through the incumbent stockbroker. So yeah, we yeah. want to simplify everything, and we've started um, started out with the idea that you know it should be just as easy to buy a share of Facebook on your iPhone as it is to download the app on the app store that that's kind of was our starting point yeah and we've kind of gone from there and uh looked at well why 
why is it so complicated um, if I if I want to research a stock and figure out how to buy it and understand all this stuff? And I think it's a lot of jargon and unnecessary stuff that the, the industry has just been used to for so long. Oh, yeah. Assumed knowledge. A lot of it, I think. Yeah, but it, it's just unnecessary jargon. You know, mm. you, uh, even to look up Facebook, uh, the stock a lot of a lot of incumbents you need to know what the, the ticker symbol is yeah which is yeah. just insane to me that they even use ticker symbols anymore right yeah. it's from way back when when uh, every you know I, I don't know whether it was the 20s or even before then uh, when they had ticker tapes right yeah <laughs> and uh, maybe <laughs> you, you couldn't write down the full name of the company because uh, that was going to use your, your character spaces on a telegram or something. Yeah. Some kind so of why, why, why haven't we moved on from that, right? Yeah. Yeah. So when yeah. you open up our app, you just look look for the name or the logo that you're familiar with, and it's just as easy to use as any other uh, kind of native uh, iOS app on your on your phone. Yeah, well, I mean, that's a very uh, logical thing to do. And a very solid USP to me is is breaking down uh, what is currently a, a bubble. You know, it's one of those in industries that has a bubble where it's assumed knowledge and, and everyone inside the bubble kind of knows what you're talking about, but everyone outside of it hasn't got a clue. So wh what it sounds like you guys are doing is, you know, not just modernizing with technology, but making the whole industry a little more approachable, perhaps. Absolutely, man. That's that's exactly what we're trying to do. Yeah. And I think uh, when you combine that with a fair charging structure, it, it really is a game changer for you know a lot of people, especially the so-called millennial generation you referred to mm. before. Yeah. That is, you just expect this kind of uh, user experience, user interface uh, from apps these days, and you're not getting it over here in the UK from any of the incumbents. So. Uh, that I think is the number one reason why so many people are excited about free trade and, and we've got this kind of viral waitlist going uh, because people want it uh, and it just hasn't been delivered in the UK yet. You're listening to the Bank Next FinTech podcast. Right. Wow. Why? It's amazing, isn't it? Well, let, let's uh, track back a little bit now. So tell me more about how you actually got free trade up and running. Yeah, I mean, I was just talking about it today with my co-founder, and we're actually getting up on almost almost two years ago when we quit our jobs. Um, it was a, a bit of a slow grind at, at the beginning when you're just a, a couple guys, right, with a, a pitch deck, and you need to raise some money, yeah. build a prototype. We went through an accelerator program at uh, Octopus Investments, and uh, really when the, the, the true kind of development of, of the platform started was about a year ago after we did our seed round on Crowdcube, a crowdfunding round where we raised uh, just over a million pounds. Wow. And we then we applied for and as you said at the start, uh, just got authorization from the FCA to be a financial institution, a, a stockbroker. Uh, that was probably the the, the single biggest uh, biggest piece in our journey so far. Uh, and now that we've got that in place, uh, we are just kind of in the process of connecting the pipes uh, on our platform with our various service providers because you, you still need to connect to the the capital markets, uh, the rails or the pipes or whatever, oh, what do you want to call it. Uh, and we'll be uh, 
rolling out with uh, client accounts in the coming weeks uh, to month or, you know, uh, weeks. We're counting in weeks now, not months. Uh, it's all pretty exciting. Well, it all sounds like it's happened very quickly as well. I mean, am I right in saying that that the, the Crowdcube, just over a million pound, you did that rather quickly too, right? Yeah, it went a bit faster than we thought. It was done in just... Was it ten days, eleven days, something wow, like that? That's, that's great, isn't it? Wow. So we were we were pulling in about a hundred k a day, and the the probably the thing that made me happiest was they weren't all giant, you know, ticket sizes. Uh, average ticket size from our investors was about a thousand pounds, so we had twelve hundred investors f over that one point one million. Uh, it's just a lot of people just really have been looking for this for a long time that must have excited um, you right oh yeah well it was, it was yeah. great great market validation for us because if it went the other way we'd be like oh well maybe we, maybe we got this wrong <laughs> uh but you, you think about the type of investor on the crowdcube platform these guys are investing from 10 pounds in private companies hmm. if you were to take 10 pounds and try and invest that in a public company in the uk it's not, you know, you're not going to be able to do that. I mean, you could, uh, well, you can't really. I mean, you could pay ten pound commission to invest ten pounds. No one's going to do that. <laughs> so uh, they immediately connected with our concept. Um, yeah. And it sounds yeah, like it. It went, well, it went quite well. Well, uh, let's uh, mention your co-founders here as well. Yeah. So um, my, uh, so my background is in finance. I'm a, I'm a trained accountant with KPMG back in the day, and my co-founder Andre, he's a, he's the engineering side of things. Mm -hmm. So he used to build trading platforms for the likes. I probably shouldn't say who, but uh, you know, top tier global banks uh, through a consultancy. So it, it's uh, he's an old hand at, uh, at bringing in these new technologies for uh, you know established uh, capital market firms. So. Uh, that that that's kind of the the fin and the tech, if you will. <laughs> yeah, well, it always makes a great team, right? I often hear this in the interviews that I do with with, with the, the founders of these startups, and and it is teamwork that each person is bringing something different to make this recipe work. And it sounds like that this is another great example of it. Yeah, absolutely. On the co-founder side, but also on the team side. So. We're at the stage now where we've finally kind of got our, our core you know, senior team in place uh, and we're building out um, each individual team at, the, at this stage. But you totally need to bring in people that are experts in their fields and rely upon them to to be able to execute uh, and bring that kind of specialized knowledge onto the into the team. Because, yeah, yeah. You, can't, you can't do can't do everything. We're, we're a pretty small team still. We're going to be about. 10 people when we when we f first launch with clients and that's that's an ultra le lean team and we're going to grow yeah, from there but very lean yeah yeah, yeah. but that's yeah. that's our that's a part of our whole model though you know um i used to you know prior to starting this i was at kpmg and uh i was in MA for the last bit but before that i was auditing these banks and brokerages and you would be uh, well, maybe you wouldn't be shocked, you know, the banking space, but it's amazing to me how many people they have pushing papers in these bank towers still. Yeah, uh, I'm not and, shocked. I'm not yeah, shocked. <laughs> yeah, they, they just really, oh, we got, we got a problem. Let's throw some more bodies on it. Um, mm. So our, our whole model is predicated on being able to automate things uh, straight through processing wherever possible. 
um, and using the latest technology uh, for that. And that's that's how we make it work. So down to, to so let's talk a little more about you then, Adam. So was the obs- your observation of of how banks were doing things? You know, throwing more people at things and pushing paper around. Was that where this spark came from? This idea? I, yeah, it was. It was. It was that, and also being familiar with their financials and seeing that they were. St- Still very profitable with these antiquated processes and uh, and and huge staff overheads, and understanding that actually, when you place a trade, when you do a transaction, there's no real cost associated with that. It's no. all infrastructure. It's all overheads. That's really where the costs are uh, in these kind of organizations. So if you can cut down those overheads. You can also reduce your fees to your customers Makes and you can sense, still right? yeah. remain a, a profitable, viable business. Yeah, because you know we're we're not out there to uh, to burn investor capital or uh, you know sell ten dollar bills for five dollars or anything like that. We are out there to build a, a sustainable business that's profitable for the long term, and, yeah. but we can still we can still do that uh, and still charge reasonable fees for customers. Uh, as long as our costs are, are sensible, I yeah. suppose. You're listening to the Bank Next FinTech podcast. Well, so it was a, still a very brave move. All that considered, it was still very brave to quit your job and, and go ahead with this. Can you, can you go back and you describe to me the tipping point where you had that flush of confidence where you said, this is it, this is the time to do this? Yeah, I, I think, I think the thing I, I was I was kind of stewing about this idea uh, for for a couple of years uh, when I first arrived in the UK. Though it was okay, I need to open up a new investment account, and I, I know <laughs> I, I have a pretty good idea of what I'm looking for because I, I was really looking for a Robin Hood equivalent over here in the uk i think i know where um, this is going right <laughs> yeah it's just well you, you i don't know if you have a brokerage account in, in this country they're all really really dated and mm. um I, I would say horrendous uh user interfaces and everything's kind of web-based it feels like everything was designed in the year 1999 <laughs> and hasn't changed since then yeah. um and then the pricing is just insane uh you know 10 pounds 12 pounds to place a trade and then 10 pounds to then sell that that security it just makes it non-viable to invest in relatively modest amounts mm. um, so yeah there, there was, it was that personal pain point honestly and then uh, after really digging into the space when I was looking at it because I, I was working at uh, KPMG on the M&A team and we were, uh, were covering I was covering kind of the fintech and uh, brokerage sector and you can see the, the kind of the profit margins that these guys are, are are making off these fees. And you look in the back end and it's like, it's not that different than what's happening over in North America, which I was a bit more familiar with. Uh, so, yeah, yeah there was a, there's just a, a, a gap in the market there. And uh, we went for it. Uh, and it's it's certainly not as as straightforward as maybe I, I'm making it out to be. It, it still takes a lot of effort to... To convince um, incumbents to work with you, uh, you still need to 
plug into the banking system. You still need to plug into the capital market system. Uh, you, you, you can't do everything yourself. You can't be an island in, uh, in stockbroking, right? Well, well is, um, is open banking uh, going to help? Oh, well, open banking is something that doesn't have a huge impact on us, but it will be nice for uh, our users to be able to uh, initiate uh, cash transfers within the app. So yeah. uh, right now what they have to do is you have to kind of go outside into your banking app and make a faster payments transfer um, with your unique ID, similar to what how you would do, um, I don't know, a top up of your Revolut or Monzo card. Um, or pay a bill or whatever. Uh, but yeah, I think open banking, once that actually comes into force, I, I know it's supposed to be, but it's not really. Uh, once that is all is all functioning properly, yeah, it would be great if you could just uh, do that from within your free trade app. And that, that will happen, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, as usual, these interviews are going very, very quickly. And, and we're both uh, a little time starved. So I'll, I'll wrap up. But, but I'd like to ask you a couple of broad questions, if I might. Could you describe what you, from your point of view, the future of investing, not just for young people, but the industry in general? So, for instance, is, is it a healthy future that you see or will it be kind of be, be beset by red tape for a couple of decades before any real change occurs? Oh, no, the revolution's coming, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to yeah, hear I, know, it. I love that. I love that cliche. But no, um, I think that we have been witnessing over the last uh, few years a, a huge change in how people invest in the stock market or just invest uh, more broadly. And that's a, a change from funds, we call them you know, mutual funds, uh, whatever you want to, there's a few different names for them. Uh, but those are not exchange traded, those are sitting um, on some sort of platform with relatively high opaque fees. Um, Moving from that kind of paradigm to a exchange-traded fund world, and that's where all the, the billions or trillions of pounds are pouring into the most liquid securities in the world now are the S&P 500 tracker funds uh, listed on New York Stock Exchange. Uh, those are the lowest fees out there. So you can go and buy one of these ETFs and basically pay next to no fees anymore. Uh, and get a broad exposure to the market uh, for almost no cost, as long as long as you don't have to pay commissions to buy them. So yeah. combining this new ETF world with <clears throat> a service like free trade is opening up investing to to kind of a, a new generation. And uh, and yeah, I think it looks pretty pretty bright. Um, you sound optimistic. Yeah. It really does sound great. Um, yeah. So what's next in terms of growth for free trade itself well it's the rollout of our of our of our uh, of our service and the this quarter you'll see ios you'll see us in the app store it won't be rolled out to everyone on the wait list initially we're going to do a staged rollout yeah. um i'm on the wait list by the way so uh, yeah i'm anticipating uh, uh, some message from you in the not too distant future yeah yeah you'll, yeah. you'll get you'll get there i think uh <laughs> I think you were talking to Victor. He's got you on the uh, <laughs> the, the early access list. Oh, that's lovely. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so we're going to be rolling this thing out um, this quarter, moving into second quarter, rolling out on Android. Um, and we have about, oh, I think it was like about 22,000 on our wait list at the moment. And that's growing quite rapidly. So 
That's very um, healthy, isn't it? Very healthy. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. So we're yeah. we're uh, we're very bullish on what's going to happen in 2018 for free trade, yeah, and really looking forward to shaking up uh, an industry that's really kind of stuck stuck in the past still. Yeah, I agree. Here, here, I would say. So, well, I should say thank you for joining me on the show, Adam. Um, best of luck with free trade. Really looking forward to uh, uh, having a go at it myself because. Uh, I'm not a millennial as as such, but but it's um, I'm a little bit of a virgin when it comes to stock pro and trading on on the stock exchange. So I'm very much looking forward to it. Excellent. Looking forward to having you as a customer. Thank you for listening to the Bank Next FinTech podcast. The show was written and produced by Sean Weston for software technology company Backbeat.